We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Fantrax. I'm Drew Silva. With me here is Christopher Crawford. It is Sunday, March 5th. We're going to continue our category preview series on this episode with a deep dive on ERA, earned run average. We've already covered what, runs scored, wins, and batting average you guys did on on Saturday? Yes, sir. Um, Yeah. Do you have like, I don't know, general thoughts, general philosophy on on ERA as, as we get into this, Chris? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of the most important pitching category, I think, to be honest with you. Maybe strikeouts, honestly, should be it, but ERA is such an important one. And unfortunately, it's such a volatile one because mm. so many things are outside of the pitcher's control with this. Like you're talking about defense, and I think ERA is going to be at least a little bit different now that we're talking about the limiting of shifts. But really, I my hope is that the guys who miss a lot of bats are going to have the low ERAs. and some of, it, some of it I have to look at to home run rates because there are an awful lot of guys who can strike out an awful lot of guys who also give up a lot of home runs. It usually it goes doesn't go completely hand in hand, but you do have to be at least a little bit cognizant of it. But really, I'm just hoping that those dudes who can miss a lot of bats are going to end up giving up the fewest amount of runs. Is that for you as well? Yeah, I mean, it's an imperfect stat, right? But um, no stat is perfect, really. Nope. Like war tries like... Woba tries and ERA, you know, does try like generally by the end of the year, like you said, the leaders in that category among starters, like the top 10, that's usually going to consist of the best starting pitchers in baseball, or it gets pretty close to that. Mm -hmm. Um, There are better versions of this stat, like this same stat, but often those are like predictive measurements and, you know, ERA deals in what actually happened. And Correct. Know, there, there are elements of what happened that are going to be out of a pitcher's control. Um, but ERA tends to level out over the long term or it gets pretty close to like rewarding true talent. And that's what you want in a fantasy baseball scoring number, right? Like yeah. maybe maybe not in real life scouting. Like I'm sure, you know, high level scouts aren't aren't looking at a guy's ERA and, and judging him based off that. Um but yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're targeting the best pitchers to get your ERA help. And, and that's, sure. that's how it should be. Yeah. There, there are pitchers who can post a nice ERA without a great strikeout total. 
Absolutely. Um, and there's value in those types for fantasy, like especially toward the middle to end of any draft, standard or deep. You want you're targeting guys that are in good situations in the run prevention category. Um, and we'll get into some of those names, uh, another exercise, and just talking about some dudes here. Um, I wanted to go over the ERA leaderboard from 2022. Nice. Justin Verlander at the very top at 1.75. Uh, Julio Urias, 2.16. Dylan Cease, 2.20. Alec Manoa, 2.24. Sandy Alcantara, 2.28. Shohei Otani, 2.33. Max Freed, 2.48. Shane McClanahan, 2.54. Zach Gallen, 2.54. So, I mean, right there, like those are some of the best pitchers in baseball, right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, um, absolutely. And with uh, just uh, not to interrupt, but like with a few exceptions, those guys are missing bats. Those are guys who are usually piling up the strikeouts as well. I would guess that the majority of those guys all have a K-9 above 9 for the most part, with the exception of, I'm guessing, Arias doesn't have that high of a strikeout. And uh, Verlander didn't exactly dominate in terms of missed bats either, but uh, he initiated so much weak contact, and that's like you said. But yeah, that is a who's who of who you're going to be drafting in 2023. For yeah, sure. so so that was the top ten, and then you know you kind of get into some interesting names like Tyler Anderson is right up there, two point five seven. Framber Valdez, I, I I think you can punch some holes into what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Bieber usually going to be a reliable ERA guy. Carlos Rodon, Martin Perez, kind of out of nowhere. Um, Logan Webb, Jose Quintana, Joe Musgrove, Corbin Burns, Tristan McKenzie, Yu Darvish. That kind of rounds out the top twenty there. Um, so yeah, some interesting names there. I, I was actually looking up, trying to look up um, ERA leader betting odds, but I, I didn't see it posted anywhere. There are hmm. Cy Young odds um, for the AL. You've got Jacob Degrom as the favorite at plus five fifty. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I get it, and I don't get it at the same time, just because of the health concerns. Like, there's no denying that's the most talented pitcher in baseball when he's on the field. How much has he really been on the field for the last two plus years, man? When we're talking betting odds, you just got to remember that like these are created to for action. Like they That's want point. they want people to bet the totals. Um, sure. If Degrom is healthy for the whole season, and we can already kind of say we don't know if that's going to happen, <laughs> right? But he's he he could certainly win it. Like if he oh, throws a hundred seventy plus innings, the, the I mean the numbers are going to be incredible. It's just it's hard to. To guess that he will, um, just this is for the AL. Garrett Cole plus six fifty, Alec Manoa plus eight hundred, Dylan Cease plus nine hundred, Shane Bieber plus nine fifty, Carlos Rodon plus a thousand, Otani at plus twelve hundred, McClanahan plus twelve hundred, Robbie Ray plus sixteen hundred. Um, some intriguing long shots that I was looking at there. Pablo Lopez at plus four thousand. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, in that situation with the Twins, I I wouldn't sure. mind throwing a little taste on that. George Kirby, no. your boy, at plus five thousand. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. points to him being a, a stud. Luis Severino is interesting at plus six thousand. Oh um, yeah, for Especially a long shot, for a good, good team that gets a lot of like love from the BBWAA all the time. Do you have Luis Castillo's odds there by any chance? He wasn't in the top thirteen. Oh, yeah, he's plus seventeen hundred. He's he's number plus twelve. Yep. I think if I was gonna lay some shekels down in Vegas, that would be the guy I'd be betting on. Um, I like as, as much as I like Kirby and stuff, I just think that what I saw from him at the end of the year and what the Mariners have been able to do with slider pitchers is mm-hmm. like really impressive. 
and that guy's stuff. It's a matter of him staying healthy now. Like it's not like he has had huge health troubles. It's just last year he did have some issues with um the beginning of the season. And you know, he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. So a little worried about that. But if I was gonna lay some money down, I think that the 16 to 1 for Luis Castillo being the ace of what I think is gonna be a pretty good baseball team, I like that a lot. I mean, there's injury risk with every one of these names. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, Logan Gilbert at plus eighteen hundred. Yeah, that's interesting. Kevin Gosman at plus sixteen hundred is kind of interesting. I um, really like that too. Yeah. Gosman maybe deserved the award last year, to be completely honest. I mean, yeah, in, in some areas, like, geez, uh, yeah. NL Cy Young odds. Sandy Alcantara is number one at plus four fifty. Corbin Burns plus five fifty. Verlander plus 600. That's not terrible. Max Scherzer no. plus 800. Spencer Strider plus 950 is, wow. is the fifth ranked guy. That's uh, impressive. Freed plus 1000. And you got Aaron Nola and, and Zach Wheeler kind of rounding out that top 10. Zach Allen plus 1500. Hmm. Um, trying to some intriguing long shots. I don't know. Hunter Green plus 4,000. The hey. Reds are so – we're going to talk about Green a little bit on this show because we're talking nice. ERA. and Nice. He's he's kind of a, a great, like, exhibit A for uh, – <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I love – Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about him. Yeah. Kodai Senga at plus 5,000. Hmm. Um, he, he made a, another start, I believe, on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Um, or was it Saturday? I don't know. He he no, like he was pitching. He was pitching this morning, and he struck. I believe he struck out the side in the first inning. So yeah, uh, I, if he I watched, did strike out the side. It was uh, he struck out at least a couple of batters because we were following that. It's a pretty strong debut against a good, pretty good lineup to test against as well. Yeah, he came out. I think his first pitch was like ninety eight point five miles an hour, and his stuff moves, man. I'm really intrigued by him. Like, I, you know. I think, yeah, Ryan and I were talking about it last weekend. Like, I have no idea what to expect with him. But yeah, if he's anything close to what he was in Japan, like the dude's going to sure. be an ace. Yeah. Um, Jordan Montgomery at plus 10,000. I think he's Ooh. in such a good spot with the Cardinals. I, I don't know if yeah. he'll have like the strikeouts to, to, yeah. to climb up that leaderboard, but interesting. He could like, he could sneakily be an ERA leader, you know? Could see it for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dustin May at, at plus 10,000. I have some notes on him too. He's another kind of, if if Hunter Green is Exhibit A, I think yeah. it doesn't make it be Exhibit B for yeah for sure. Talking about intriguing arm talent, but yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not sold that the ERA is is gonna or the workload at least is gonna be wide range of outcomes for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Before we get into to ERA, I don't know. There wasn't a, a ton of big news on this Sunday. Mike Mustakis to to the Rockies. Thoughts. Yeah concerns <laughs> uh i mean look mustakis has looked dreadful basically since uh the i don't have a great memory anymore but my recent memory i don't have a lot of positive memories of mike mustakis to be completely honest with you i think one thing this does though is it makes me a little bit concerned about nolan jones maybe making the roster because i, I think mustakis might be like the veteran favorite type thing. And then you send Jones down to get some seasoning in triple a and, you know, they've got a prospect too in warming Bernabelle, who I really like as well, who I don't think is making his debut this year, but maybe next year. Uh, I wouldn't be touching Mustakis. I wouldn't be touching a lot of Colorado Rockies, to be honest with you in fantasy baseball, even with the chance to play so many games at home, maybe, Ryan McMahon becomes a little more interesting because he's going to gain that second base uh, eligibility with Brendan Rodgers all but assuredly missing the rest of the year. But 
it's very hard for me to believe that Moustakis finds that Kansas City form. And let's be honest, the Kansas City form wasn't that great to begin with either. Yeah. I mean, man, I, I love like trying to get a little course field effect on my on my fantasy rosters toward the end of a draft. And Nolan Jones is a guy that I really like. Yeah. Because he had such a good OBP, like plate discipline in the minors, you could see him like moving up that lineup real quickly if, if he gets yep. that spot. Um, I know that they've really liked him this spring so far. Um, yeah, this I I want to say that Mustakis isn't going to be like a factor, but it's the Rockies and they're probably yeah. going to make dumb moves, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody brought up a good point that it was there was almost like a three-way salary dump between Mustakis Arenado and uh, the Rockies because Ooh. you know Cincinnati's paying the overwhelming majority of that contract. Colorado's paying the overwhelming, or was anyway, paying a significant portion of Nolan Arenado's contract. Uh, I think there might be a winner of those three teams in that uh, in that <laughs> hypothetical transaction, my friend. All right, we'll jump into ERA, um, but first of all, the fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball Tournaments Live, including the Dinger, which has five hundred grand in total prizes. In Best Ball, all you are doing is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code RWMLB. Draft your 100K Dinger team today. If you're looking for a place to customize your fantasy league and play a variety of formats, we cannot recommend fan tracks enough. Create the scoring systems that you want to play with, waivers, categories, scoring system schedule. It's all very customizable. Fan tracks offers custom solutions for all of it and more, and it's all free. Um, I personally love fan tracks user interface for running real drafts or mock drafts. I think you agree, Chris. It's simple, yeah. but it's also filled with like everything you could ever want in a customizable league. Cater it to to your interests and the people in your league's interests and have a great time. Uh, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's Fantrax, F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I have a fantasy uh, draft going on starting today with uh, Fantrax. It's my, we started a dynasty league for uh, Mm -hmm. charity for ALS uh, to support uh, everybody who's going through that. But in particular, of course, our buddy, Sarah Langs, who is yeah. just the absolute best human being in the possible world. Um, but it's a start over dynasty league and I have the third pick and I'm very curious to see who I'm going to end up with. I have Julio at the, if you're in my league, please don't be listening <laughs> right now or turn it off. But I have uh, Julio at the top of my board. Then I have Otani too, because he is a both in, uh, he's going to be able to participate in both in fan tracks. I don't know who I should have a third. Who would you have a third? Oh man. Um, it, it's just like a standard dynasty league. Standard Everybody dynasty standard. league. But the only, the only change is uh, instead of batting average, we're going on base percentage. Everything else, the categories are the same. Juan Soto. Yeah, Soto, Soto and Tatis are the two guys I'm debating. I oh, realize Tatis, that there's yeah. the risk with Tatis, but like, I could see myself kicking myself for not taking Fernando Tatis Jr. You know what I mean? But I can see doing the same thing for Juan Soto, especially in on-base percentage. So uh, yeah. if, I end, if I end up with either Julio, Otani, or Soto, I think I'm going to be doing okay. But I have to have Julio at one just because uh, I have to. It's, no, it's I, and, I mean, I think that makes plenty of sense. He could be a 40-40 guy, and you don't get those kind of steals with Soto. Just, when you said OBP <laughs> league, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know sure. the bigger bases. He always says he's going to run more, but he's not like a sprint speed behemoth at all. Um, no, just a really, really good hitter. Probably, I don't know, maybe yeah. the best plate approach in all of baseball. One hundred percent. Is that a slow draft? Yeah, we're going to be doing it through the month of March, uh, starting four hour clock, starting at five o'clock today. Uh, I like a four hour clock. It's better well, than a twelve a, hour clock. Yes, and it's uh, it's forty rounds, so it's like starting. Asking somebody to sit down for 40 rounds to do a draft is just too much. It's just way too much. At some point, we might have to 
every league should do this. Be like, hey, we're getting close. We have to have a date where we everyone gets at the computer together. Everybody gets at their computer and just finishes the thing off. But if you can do slow drafts, I know how much fun it is to get everybody together to do a draft and stuff like that. If you can do a slow draft, particularly if people are around the country, that type of thing, Mm -hmm. do it because it's so much more fair. Nobody's going to complain if they miss their, if you miss a four hour time sample, then you're just not ready for fantasy baseball. I'm sorry. And two, it's creates so much more discussion in your league and it's so much more opens up things for trades and stuff like that. And that's what this is supposed to be about, man. Like getting everybody to talk together, bringing people together, creating some trades. That's so much more fun than just drafting a team and then forgetting about it, which so many people unfortunately do. It is. I, I enjoy just kind of getting the draft over with almost, but um, yeah, even, though, even, even though it's like the funnest part of sure of fantasy really. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's also nice to like, all right, maybe I do want to spend 10 minutes on this pick, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I have, I have some leeway to do that. And also, I mean, the, uh, the live reads over, but Fantrax is great on your phone too. So there's really no excuse. Like if, if you're out doing something, yeah, you, you could spend a little time and, and pick a name off the board, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. ERA. Uh, I don't know. Should we start with the, the sleepers? Yeah, I, let's I, start positive. I'll say at the top that I've kind of, I kind of use sleepers in, in a loose loose yes. term but everyone sure. everyone knows that yeah um i'll go with jesus lazardo first i like it and i'll just i'll just like never give up on this guy no nope. um and there are i think there are more reasons to like him this year than there have been since probably that first year that he came up with the a's like absolutely he debuted in late 2019 um, was kind of thought of as a rising star in the spring of 2020 like the tons of talk about how good he was going to be COVID happens. He had his own individual health problems soon after that um, with the shoulder. Kind of derailed the blueprint for what he was going to become. Uh, traded to the Marlins. Reached just over 100 innings last year with Miami um, to the tune of a 3.32 ERA, 120 strikeouts, over 103 innings. Fully healthy this spring um, to the point where we can actually just like finally evaluate Luzardo as a normal starting pitcher without right. having to consider a bunch of <laughs> limitations like we have in the past. Like, there, I mean, there was talk about him being used as a reliever at, at times in Oakland, but he's locked into that Marlins rotation. And I think maybe you can project, you know, 150, 160, maybe even 170 innings. And there's just a whole lot to like within that evaluation. His fastball velocity is back into pre-injury form in the mid to high 90s. The changeup and curveball are excellent out getting pitches. Command has been an issue at times, and you worry about that, like walks are going to turn into runs when we're talking ERA. But I think the upside here is is ace-like. For a guy who's being drafted in in the mid-100s in most leagues, sort of like the 40th starter off the board on, on average by consensus ADP and I understand that because you have to build in some workload risk to the projection. But again, say Lazardo gets to 160 to 170 innings this year. That's breakout city, you know, with a, with a bigger yeah. ballpark in Miami, solid defense behind him. The ERA could could fall into the low threes again, maybe even into the twos. And the strikeouts will be there as well beyond the ERA value. I'll throw in Edward Cabrera too. Just thinking about that Marlins rotation. Sure. Um, some of the same concerns I think with Lizardo. The control can be iffy. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a history of injuries, but 
He posted a 3.01 ERA in 71 and two-third innings last year at age 24. He's about to turn yeah. 25. A huge talent. Um, looks like the number five starter for the Marlins out of the gate this year. Cabrera's going in, in the 200s in most drafts. I think that's definitely like an intriguing late-round dart throw. More of a sleeper than Luzardo, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. In fact, I was hoping to get uh, Cabrera in my uh, – the great fantasy baseball invitational league. I, for some reason, I couldn't think of the initials for that, even though TG. that's <laughs> TGVFI. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue, but it is a very fun league and shout out to Justin Mason for putting that together. I know a lot of Rotowire people are playing in that. In fact, Eric Alterman, our colleague is actually in my league with Eric Carabella of ESPN. So that is, I lost this league is what I what I'm telling you. <laughs> um, I really like the Lozardo car in particular, Look, he just could not find the strike zone. I, I, His walk percentage was in the 36th. It was significantly worse than that early on in the season. Like, he mm-hmm. just could not find. I imagine that had to do so with some mechanical tweaks. But that stuff is sick, man. There is a reason why this guy was considered by many people to be the left-handed best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. I think he's going to be a really, really solid pitcher for a while. And, you know, the injury concerns, obviously, like, we can just say – pitchers get hurt it just happens uh but if he can stay healthy and give you those 170 innings i think he has a chance to be like one of the breakout pitching stars of 2023 this guy has already broken out and actually won a cy young award uh two years ago so it's a little weird to call him a sleeper but i want to point out robbie ray and the reason i want to talk about robbie ray a little bit is i think he's people came away disappointed last year with his numbers and and they weren't anywhere close to the Cy Young year. I think there was a lot to look at with Robbie Ray and some of it is a little bit eye test because I got to watch every single start that Robbie Ray made. This dude could just not avoid the beginning. There were so many starts where he would give up no runs through four or five innings. And then all of a sudden the four run inning happened or the three run inning happening or goodness forbid even a bigger blowout type of thing. All of the metrics still suggest that he was a really solid pitcher last year and his expected ERA was significantly lower than his actual ERA. Throwing 95, touching 95, I think is, I know we got overrated with velocity and spring training results, but the fact that he's already touching the mid nineties with his fastball, I think is really big. I love what Seattle has behind him right now. A little bit concerned about uh, the middle infield defense, but everything else I think is going to be very solid for Robbie Ray. And that guy's slider still is one of the best bat-missing pitches in baseball. It would not shock me at all that Robbie Ray, a guy who I'm seeing drafted after the top 100 consistently, ends up being a much, much better option for that. And I think he'll be actually an ERA stalwart this year. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what he's been, right? He's there can be some bad crooked numbers along the way, but the good is so good. He's at plus 1700, like right around Luis Castillo to, to be Cy Young winner in the AL. That's kind of intriguing because Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if, if the ERA falls into, to where it was in that Cy Young year, um, you know, the strikeouts are going to be there and he'll get the votes for that. You know, by the way, Robbie Ray is only 31 years old. I think people forget that too. Like he's not, Again, this is not a prospect by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been around so long. I think people assume this is a 34, 35-year-old who's about to enter the downside of his career. Now, there's still a lot left, I think, in Robbie Ray, and the changes he's made in his mechanics have played massive dividends, and I expect Robbie Ray to be a much, much better option going forward. 
another guy who's been around a while, Chris Sale. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, the first. This is the first fully healthy like preseason period for Sale. Yeah, crossing my fingers and in, in like four years. Um, yeah. His first like normal spring training. Um, he'll make his Grateful League debut on Monday. Worth watching how the stuff looks in that one. But all the reports out of Red Sox camp have been really optimistic. You know, it's yes. kind of the optimistic time of year. But um, if he does look good, I, he's going to shoot up draft boards. Like ADP in the 150, 160 range at the moment. Um, he made only two appearances, two starts for Boston last season. So he's kind of become a forgotten man a bit. But that'll that'll change in a hurry. If he gets through March without any issues, there were some freak injuries last year too. You know, like I, I'm not really worried about the health. Um, I, I, maybe that's silly to say, but like he's no, I get it. Yeah, I mean he's he's good. The arm is good, uh, and we know what the ceiling could be here. Like a career 3.03 ERA and over 1600 major league innings, 11.1 career K per nine. Now kind of gets a fresh start, hopefully. Um, and the velocity was where it should be in that little sample size that we saw from sale in 2022, that ridiculous slider. The command has always been there. I think sure. people think of him as like, you know, a wild thrower, like effectively wild herky jerky type he, guy. Yeah, because he looks that way, but he's always yeah. had really good command. Yeah. Um, and if, if you get full health from sale in 2023, the numbers are, are going to be excellent. Like I, yep. I, I say that pretty confidently. The ERA and and the strikeouts. Um, it's silly to call him a sleeper with how much he's already accomplished at age thirty three, sure. mo- moving toward age thirty four. Uh, but where he's being drafted right now, I it just screams like a, a really great value to me. There's again, like, like like we said at the top of the show, there's injury risk with all these guys, and I don't think there is a ton with Sale where we are right now. Again, crossing my fingers on that. Yeah, absolutely, and I do think that he's being at least slept on if he's not a sleeper. Like he's mm-hmm. not being talked about. Like this guy has the stuff to be like a top fifteen starting pitcher. There's there's totally. no denying that. Like with with his ability to miss bats, there's an awful lot to like about this guy. Uh, the guy I want to profile is in no way like Chris Sale, other than they, they, they're similar amount of letters in their name, Alex Cobb. Now, Alex Cobb had a 3.73 ERA last year, which is pretty mediocre in today's game. There was a time where 3.73 ERA was actually really good. He deserved much better. Now, his hard hit percentage you'll look at is in the 23rd percentile. Every other metric really likes this guy. His He avoided barrels in the 96th percentile, and his expected ERA was in the 79th percentile. He usually avoids the self-inflicted damage, uh, obviously avoiding barrels, but also avoiding walks. Still has plenty of velocity. Gets good spin on the curveball. Can get hitters to swing at pitches outside the zone. I like having San Francisco as a home park, especially you know, left-handed pitching hitters do not love having to hit into that cove, except for that one guy who was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think he's not the typical guy that we're talking about that's going to miss a ton of bats so that he becomes, uh, you're relying on the ERA. But he initiates so much weak contact, despite the hard hit percentage, everything else suggests that there's an awful lot of weak contact here. And he has so little self-inflicted damage. I expect Alex Cobb to be a guy who's closer to that 3.2, 3.3 ERA. And for a mid-rotation starter, I think you'll absolutely take that from your fantasy lineup. Yeah, and you could see the Giants really letting him work deep into games if, if he proves capable of that. Because they, yes. I mean, they kind of need that. Yeah, they do. That Giants roster is strange. It's a very odd, 
odd lineup. The lineup is is bad. Yeah, Let's yeah, the honest. lineup is bad. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a, real bad. It's bad. And but you know what? If they this is again gut test thing. Every time I think San Francisco is ever going to be bad, they end up winning 85 games. And every time I think San Francisco is going to be dominant outside of their, in my personal opinion, dynasty, they uh, they end up being disappointing. So congratulations to the San Francisco Giants 2023 World Champions. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to to dog that team too much because, again, yeah, they always surprise you. But I, For sure. I, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, eh. On paper, it doesn't seem like a team that can compete with the Padres and the Dodgers. That's no. for sure. No, I think they're closer to the the Rockies, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, I would too. Oh, okay, let's say this: uh, Who finishes higher, San Francisco or Arizona? I know you're a big Arizona fan. Oh man, you're putting me to the test. Yeah, I'm gonna go I, with. Uh, how did I like stumble into being all in on the Diamondbacks? I don't know, man. <laughs> I put myself <laughs> in this man. position, but I'm gonna go I with really the Diamondbacks. There you go. I'll I'll say the Giants, and we'll come back to it. And august or something like that we, well, neither one of us will yeah. remember we should do a, a full-on wins total podcast just hey that sounds like fun i think i'm gonna do an article for rotowire on it um i'm looking forward to reading maybe, it already uh, when would be the best time for that like right after the world baseball classic but then there's only like a week until yeah i mean that's uh, that's typically when i if if i was able to make those type of bets that would be when i would want to do it just yeah. because i have a better idea of the full roster I'll talk to the boys. We'll figure it out. Um, Drew S. Resmussen for me as another sleeper, just like more raise magic at work here with with this sure. guy. Um, Jeffrey Springs too. You can you could throw him in there. Um, Shane McClanahan obviously, but he's you know he's well known. He's gonna be he's gonna get you covered in a lot of different categories. Uh, Rasmussen broke out for a 2.84 ERA in 146 innings, 28 starts last season. And Ryan and I talked about this on our wins episode, something just kind of philosophical, but the Rays will let their best starters cook if those yeah. starters prove capable of cooking. Um, and Rasmussen went six-plus innings in five of his final six starts to close out last year. He never did throw more than 100 pitches in an outing, um, but he was kind of working up to that point, and I think that's probably coming in 2023, 2023 because he proved so capable Sure. Of it. I mean, the, the four seamer, the cutter, he can pitch to a lot of soft contact against right handed and left handed hitters. Um, the slider and curve can generate whiffs. You see the whole package of of what you'd want in a fantasy starter here. And, and he's not really a, a big name yet in casual kind of formats. And, you know, if people are scared away by the Rays, sometimes odd, unconventional usage of pitchers. I'll be the one who's not scared of that stuff. At least, I mean, it's a case by case thing, but they're going to trust Rasmussen. I think that's, it became pretty clear toward the end of last season. He's going in the 170 to 180 range in, in most Way drafts. Yeah, I love that draft day inv- investment for ERA help, and he'll get enough strikeouts too. Man, if we're talking about ho- hopefully a lot of wins as well, if yeah. he does get the green light to work deep, and, and I think he will. I, I know it's it, it seems like maybe he was just like a one hit wonder, but there's the profile is legit. Like he's a, he's a really good pitcher, and I mean the, the Rays unlock something there, like like they do with a lot of guys. And I I, I love to get him in a in I mean one seventy to one eighty, like that's that's toward the end of a draft if you're in like a, a shallower league. And man, to to click that name, I'd feel really good about it at that point. 
what it was Rasmussen in the the Willie Adamas trade, right? Was that the one? Yes. Or okay, that's a fascinating deal to look back on. I think both teams should actually be pretty darn happy with the mm-hmm. results that came from that one. But yeah, I like his stuff a lot, and I think again. I think Tampa Bay starters sometimes get the bugaboo, but I, I, if there was one starter I'm trusting right now, it would have been Tyler Glass now, but unfortunately, because of his situation, that's a guy that I think you kind of have to ignore until the later rounds at least. But, yeah, I do like him a lot. I struggle sometimes hyping up rookie pitchers as team players that are going to perform well in the ERA category, but – I've been such a big fan of Grayson Rodriguez for the last three years. He's pretty, even with Andrew Painter, who I think come good health could also be a contributor in this category. I think Grayson Rodriguez is the best pitching prospect in baseball in terms of both his ceiling and his floor because 70 fastball on the 2080 scale, 70 change on the 2080 scale, a couple of breaking balls that can miss bats. I actually like that Baltimore defense pretty okay i love having adley rutschman as the guy who's going to be catching him i think adley rutschman's just and that left field fence too the left field fence as well that is playing the waltimore as we are uh not going to call it sorry suspended family barbecue that's a terrible name um it's uh i i just really like that situation for him i think the blue jay or excuse me i think the orioles are going to be a much more I think the Orioles may win fewer games than they did last year and be a better team, but I think that the situation they have is conducive for Rodriguez to have success. I don't think that they're going to keep him down for very long, in part because I think they think that Rodriguez could be a rookie of the year guy. Of course, Gunnar Henderson is another guy who Mm -hmm. could be challenging it from his own team, but I really, really, really like Rodriguez's combination of stuff command poise everybody i've talked to just raves about this kid's mental ability if i was targeting a rookie pitcher to help me in this category it would certainly be him and i think he's going to help you in a bunch of other places too i dig it i i I think he might be in the opening to rotation i sure hope so there's nothing that suggests other than assuming you know he did miss a bunch of time last year yeah um, with the lat strain and that's you know concerning for sure but there's nothing that suggests based on stuff and all the stuff that I just went over that he's not ready for the major league rotation because the options behind him, I like Baltimore's lineup a lot. The pitching is kind of caca. So I really believe Grayson Rodriguez is very much deserving of being in that opening day rotation. Yeah. I mean, people know the the story, but he was going to be called up like right, right before he suffered that lat. It was like a grade two lat strain. Was it last June? Um, he was going to be up by the end of June. Like that, it was all the writing was on the wall there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's going to be a stud for a long time. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Uh, Dustin May is another guy for me. I, I kind of put him in the avoid category when we were talking wins mm-hmm. um, on our episode covering wins because there are going to be workload restrictions here. And I'm not 100%. exactly sure how the back of the Dodgers starting rotation is going to shake out. We could see. May working out of the bullpen here and there to kind of limit his overall innings total. I could, you know, the Dodgers have done that with other pitchers in the past, you know, think mm-hmm. Kenta Maeda, um, and they've got to kind of be careful with him. But when he is on the mound, you know, he'll be firing some of the best raw stuff in the sport. Yeah. So much movement on everything he throws, the entire arsenal. He gets a ton of ground balls too, which is great for ERA. Um, and he has the goods to deliver a ton of strikeouts. Um, but it just all like the whole package together makes for a very good ERA projection. Again, 
you're not going to be expecting May to be like a six inning, seven inning workhorse. Um, at least not this year. The production is going to have to come in in bursts a little bit. Maybe like Grayson Rodriguez, honestly. Like this will be kind of a, a burst thing, at least for 2023. We like both of these guys long term. Um, but yeah, those those bursts from May should be fantastic. His ADP is all over the map, like from from site to site at RotoWire at, at at wherever you want to track it. But that's that's understandable, I think, given some of the unknowns. I'm someone who will just fall in love with the raw talent and and take a chance on him and, and hope that he can get me, you know, 120 innings. That might be asking for a lot, but over 100 innings in sort of like a swingman type role, that would be my baseline expectation. And the strikeouts are going to be there. The ERA is going to be there. And maybe he'll happen into some wins. I will never say anything negative about Waluigi. That's all I'll say. About, <laughs> that is all I'll say about uh, Dustin May. He is like – aesthetically one of my favorite pitchers to watch just because he is just all arms and elbows. And then he throws a hundred miles per hour. Yeah. Some pretty darn good secondary. And hair. Well. It's it's, Oh my gosh. Luxurious. Absolutely. It, it's funny. A couple of years ago, we were all, there was a bunch of fantasy people talking about, well, will, will he ever miss bats? And that conversation seems uh, pretty foolish now in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have another sleeper. I wanted to talk more about, um, targeting or avoiding guys that missed bats as relievers that yeah. had higher talk ERA, relievers, high I guess. Yeah. yeah. Because like Josh Hader, you look at, he had a 5.22 ERA, but that expected ERA was 3.51, which is still well below what we've seen from Josh Hader in the past. There's so much volatility with relievers. And I guess if I was going to offer anybody one piece of advice is when you're filling out your roster, I think there's some people who are tempted to draft relievers to kind of like help with that ERA. Mm. And I couldn't not recommend that more because it just takes one blow up. It just takes uh, you drafting a guy like, uh, shoot, who was I just talking about? Uh, taking an Eric Swanson. It just takes one game where he gives up seven runs in a third of an inning where your ERA for that week and maybe for that month is screwed. Like yep. it is just what happens with relievers. They don't have enough to uh, balance out. And, you know, especially in today's baseball, there are guys who are going to eat it. I don't expect Eric Swanson to be that guy necessarily per se, but you're going to see these guys like a Scott Efros or a Caleb Theobar or, or mm-hmm. pitchers of that ilk who come in and have dominant years or solid years for the rest of the year, but their ERAs are going to be substantially higher because you just have to have that one blow up and it ruins everything. I know it's pretty to target and you look at your um, page and you see all of a sudden your ERA drops by like two or three points because you take that your setup guy. Who page, had the, yeah. yeah, your projection page that had that super low ERA. But there's just not enough reward that comes with that risk. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking like I don't even really think about ERA when I'm drafting a reliever. No, it, it's like... I mean, I'll think about their potential for strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if they're in a situation to get saves or if I'm in a holds league, you got to pay sure. attention to that. But, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't even really come in. It, it's it's a data point in the evaluation, but it's it's not what I would be focused on, certainly. Maybe that's an obvious point for, for people that have played fantasy baseball for a long it's time. It's probably you, an obvious point for experts, but I think a lot of yeah. people do. Like, look, there's no denying that when you're doing a draft – and you will take a look. A lot of companies do this. And I, I like that they do this. When you're doing that live draft, they'll have 
like where you're projected to finish in standings, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll take a look and see that, oh, my whip is like really high, but my ERA is projected to be low. So I'm going to start sorting by guys who had the low ERAs. And that's where you get into trouble, I think, because it's much better to have those starters who are, you know, maybe not going to end the year with a, I'd much rather have that streaming option than that middle reliever who's only going to throw four innings. And there's a chance of having a blow up type of, deal i guess there's a chance with the starter as well but there's just not enough reward that comes with the risk of doing that yeah i mean well starters build up the workload to where it'll even out should yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely i have one more sleeper and then we'll get into some names that we're maybe kind of avoiding tyler malley um and i like that yeah it's it's easy to forget how good he was for stretches last year and the year before Mm -hmm. uh, before that shoulder issue popped up which was right prior to when the Reds traded him to the Twins. The Reds probably lost some some trade value with that injury, but uh, still did quite well. Was it Spencer Steer, who's probably going to be their everyday third baseman, who I kind of like? Yeah. Um, Chris, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's having a huge spring. Breaking, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, his minor league numbers are kind of nuts. Like, the yeah. dude can mash. Yeah. Um, but the Twins can now kind of flip the page on Mally, another kind of fresh start guy. Ask mm-hmm. him to handle a full starter's workload in 2023. And if he's able to handle that, which all current science points to him being able to, you've got a, a winner there in, in terms of ADP, which is in like the high 200s, even 300s. Yeah, yeah um, I think people forgot about him big time. Yeah, I mean, the, the red flag is there with the shoulder problem, but it was yeah. just inflammation by all accounts. And I mean, you can see a path here to where there's an ERA in the threes, maybe even low threes with a 200 strikeout upside. He's he's proven to be that kind of guy in the past. Um, and I'm willing to take the chance, again, at, at, at where he's falling in drafts right now. Of course, you want to see him get through a handful of, of spring starts first. Um, but there are no warning signs as of yet with the shoulder on the health front. Big ballpark in Minnesota, good defense. I think there's tons to like with, with Malley at his current draft slot. Yeah, I like that a lot. I would say pretty much the Minnesota starting rotation are all kind of ERAs. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You. Like, yeah. uh, there again, there's kind of an extreme wide range of outcomes with all of these guys based on health stuff and the fact that, you know, some of these guys, like Sonny Gray has had his moments of being awful. Like mm-hmm. with uh, Pablo Lopez has had his moments of struggling. Pablo Lopez looked like the Cy Young candidate for the Marlins there for a little bit, and then – kind of went through some stuff in the middle of the season and also I believe dealt with an injury. Yeah. I, th- I think that t- the entire twin staff is people who had and uh, exception to the ERA rule might be uh John Duran because that dude is nasty. Nasty. Like yeah. that, that guy has a chance to be uh, like an elite him and Andres Munoz is going to be a fun debate over the years, like watching which one of these guys becomes the best reliever. And Munoz, another guy who I think makes a little bit of sense in that ERA category to target as well. But I think both those guys are actually going to end up being closers for their teams. So it kind of works out in the end. And if yep. not going to miss so many bats, it doesn't really matter. All right, let's talk some uh, names to avoid for the ERA yeah. category. Um, you want to go first? Sure. And I'm going to start with a guy you mentioned that had fairly decent. Actually, I'm going to mention two guys that have uh, decent uh, Cy Young Award odds, but I'm going to start with Logan Gilbert. And it's mostly about the fact that his hard contact rate scares the ever loving crap out of me. Like this guy was near the very bottom in baseball and hard contact percentage. I saw an awful lot of good with him as well. And I do think it's worth pointing out 
we overrate this stuff a bunch, but developed a new pitch with the driveline guys. Apparently the splitter is giving people a lot of fits and the metrics of it are outstanding. But when you're in the second percentile in hard hit percentage, you scare me. And he's not a guy who has elite stuff. It's very good stuff. I believe in him in the long term. But he is the type of guy that I could see being even another thing, like kind of like what we're talking about with Baltimore being better, even though or being better with worse results. I think there's a chance that Logan Gilbert is that guy. It wouldn't shock me if his ERA was closer to that 3.75 or 4 range just because he gives up so much hard contact, and we are talking about a limited shift now. Yeah, there's definitely some volatility with Gilbert, but I, I kind of like him too. Sure. It's weird, yeah, I mean, this the nature of like these kind of episodes is, you know, we're trying to poke holes, but I like the overall profile of what he can be this year. He He's going pretty early in drafts, though, so um, yes. it's, it's, it's a good note there. Uh, yeah. Lance Lynn. Is, is one for me. I mean, you draft him more for the workload than the ratios, yes. right? And of yeah. course, the workload is a huge benefit, but his very like fastball heavy approach can leave him pretty susceptible to some ugly innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't always been that way. I mean, he got Cy Young votes in 2019, 2020, and 2021 with good ERAs throughout that. But this will be his age 36 season. Um, he had knee problems throughout much of last year. I, there are durability questions here. Um, so I, I would just be careful about assuming that he can be the premier workhorse that he has been in the past. I, I think it's kind of an obvious one. You know what you're getting into there. Um, Charlie Morton is one, too. A, a lot of ageism here. I should be canceled for that. Um, I'll, <laughs> man, I'll throw Adam Wainwright into this, too. I'm oh just boy. thinking about it. Wainwright's velocity readings have been rough this spring. Yeah. I, I think he's having trouble even topping 85 miles an hour. And dealing with back problems too, yeah. which is very scary. Well, he's 41 going on 42. So. Uh, I turn 40 next week, so I can kind of relate. You're having back problems too? Oh, I'm having everything problems, dude. <laughs> What's your velocity like? Negative <laughs> uh, 13. As, as, that's how long it took me to hook up the microphone today was negative 13 miles. You sound good. You sound good. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, but yeah, well, with Wainwright, like you want to target Cardinals pitchers for ERA. We were talking about Jordan Montgomery being a sneaky potential ERA leader. Miles Michaelis mm-hmm. is definitely this kind of guy. Um, because Bush Stadium is a tough environment for offense, and the Cardinals play tremendous defense. They should do that again this year. I'm I'm just not feeling Wainwright at age 41. Like you said, already having back troubles. Morton's 39. Um, and his fastball and cutter are just becoming more hittable pitches. Uh, which he tends to like start slow out of the gate too. Yeah. You kind of got to be aware. He's done that like almost every year. At least really bad last year to start. My goodness. We were, I know that we did a bunch of stuff that was, is Charlie Morton done. And then, you know, he wasn't, but yeah. yeah. I mean, and and, uh, he evened out like that's the theme of this podcast. He evened it out (laughs) and his velocity is still good for, you know, how old he is. And he's got that curveball. Um, but I'm just probably out on on trusting that he's going to be like a, a top 30 starter this year. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's I mean, I just think that there's probably more risk than reward at this point with Charlie Morton. Like, probably. you know, in an NL only league, I'm targeting him for sure, just because like, you know, there's there's enough reward with that risk in that type of situation. But in redraft leagues, I think I can do a little bit better. Uh, I think I might be, (laughs) I hate the term canceled, but I think I'm going to get yelled at for this one a little bit. I'm kind of fading Dylan Cease this year Mm. and it's, (laughs) I don't feel good about it because he's 
was one of my favorite prospects in that draft class. That trade, by the way, holy crap. <laughs> like that is one we got to uh, spend more time on, like an investigative discovery type of thing about the, what happened here with what the White Sox got with Cease and Jimenez because – yeah. Uh, by the way, Jose Quintana uh, left today with a side injury. Hopefully everything is well there, but uh, not a great sign early in the spring. But look, this is a guy who was like in the 90s in so many good categories, but it's the walk rate, man. It's the fact that Dylan Cease was in the bottom 16th percentile and has always struggled with walks. This was not a, a new thing for him. It's just he kind of kept him to a low roar in 2021 2022 excuse me and that's why he was a legitimate top three Cy Young award guy I just think that there's a real chance for some blow-ups here and pitching in a park that can be a little bit tough for that type of situation I, I love the stuff there are going to be moments where he looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball yeah. because in terms of talent he is one of the best pitchers in baseball but if you're drafting him in like the, as a top 10 pitcher, I think you're taking a massive risk, in my personal opinion. I hope I'm wrong because I really like Dylan Cease. He's only 27, and I think he has a really bright future. But there's always going to be in the back of my head because of the fact that he does so much self-inflicted damage with the walks to have some blow-up seasons. Yep. I mean, yeah, you worry about the sustainability of what he did last year. I like that. How many, like top top pitchers can can like get get away with a poor command like that you know <laughs> not many not many at all i can't yeah. think of anybody who's that poor and walks who is also that good in everything else it's it's kind of like uh early career randy johnson where randy johnson mm -hmm. just could absolutely no idea of course cease has better results than early career randy johnson but normally you have to have that quality command to be a guy who's like literally in the 88th percentile strikeout, 91 percentile whiff, uh, expected ERA was in the 90th percentile as well, hard hit percentage well up there as well. Everything suggests that Dylan Cease is one of the best pitchers in baseball, but I can't treat him like that when I know that there's a chance that there are going to be five to six walks games. Yeah, I, it feels like they're like just safer starters that are going that early. And let me let me close out with uh, the other one because it might be the most well duh of any of these guys, Martin Perez. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no way in hell he's doing that again, man. And again, I think or not again, but I'll just tell you he was one of my favorite stories because he had not had an ERA below four point three in eight years. Eight years of a sample size of being mediocre to worse. And then he was one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. And I think he can still be a solid real-life back-end starter for them. I mm -hmm. actually really like Texas's roster. It, there's some risk It's here interesting, yeah. It. But I think they've got a lot of talent, and they're building something really special there, too, because they have a lot of young talent on mm -hmm. the farm on top of what they've added. But there's just no way. There's no way Martin Perez is repeating what he did last year. And this is, again, these are the profiles that you have to take a look at. The guys who relied specifically on having great defense behind them and initiating a ton of weak contact. Even the guys who initiate a ton of weak contact are going to sometimes fail in the ERA category because hits are going to fall. Yeah. Batting average balls in play is a legitimate thing. It, it's, there's a reason earned run average is a thing and deserved run average is also a completely different thing. Yeah. So yeah, Martin Perez, 
prove me wrong, buddy, but there's just no way in hell. I teased Hunter Green at the top of the show. Like, this is kind of an obvious one, too. Love the stuff, the easy cheese, the way he finished last season. It was dominant down the stretch. We are going to fight in Temecula about this. <laughs> well, if I mean, if we're talking strikeouts, like, go for it. But sure. I don't know. With those whiffs is going to come some crooked numbers, I think. On yeah. a bad Reds team with a, a home park that is very favorable to opposing hitters, there's more good than bad in the profile overall. Like he's yeah. 23 years old or he's entering his age 23 season. Um, I, but I just don't think he's going to be like a world beater in terms of run prevention. I you know, hate that park. I, I hate it. For, yeah. For I've, I've been there a few times. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't hate personally visiting it. I hate your chili, but I don't necessarily hate the park. I hate the park for pitchers though, because yeah. like, and the thing is, like, Hunter Green, you know, was in the 81st percentile in fastball spin. But I've seen when he gets up to, like, that 103-104 range, yeah, it's hard to hit 103-104. Obvious point is obvious. But that can straighten out pretty good. It's more it's more when he's yeah. working in that 97-99 range where he can f- actually get a little bit more movement. And the, the walk I agree with you, yeah. He throws too great. hard. <laughs> yeah, he honestly, he throws too hard for a lot of reasons. Unfortunately... We don't love seeing young pitchers. And we love seeing young pitchers throw super hard, but there's a lot that comes with it, unfortunately, on the field and unfortunately leads to off the field. I said unfortunately like 42 <laughs> times there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Hunter Green has a chance to be a pitching star, but I wouldn't necessarily bet on it for 2023. Maybe the pitch – he does well with the pitch clock or something. I, it's I, it's hard for me to, like, build that into my evaluations yet. It's but, so hard to tell, man. Yeah. It's like the Max Scherzer thing, especially with how much – I I think he's having a blast playing with this thing. He yeah. would never know it because he looks like he just absolutely wants to fight everybody at the club. <laughs> but he also, I think, is just, like, having the time of his life figuring out, like, what is a quick pitch, what isn't a quick pitch – when does this clock actually start? But yeah, we don't know how this is going to affect guys. I like I've read a bunch of stuff about like Giovanni Gallegos apparently is really struggling with this, mm-hmm. like figuring out how the heck this is going to work because he's so slow. And of course, we've all made the jokes about a bunch of relief pitchers um, that do not exactly work at a fast pace. But yeah, it, it's something that we we're just going to have to figure out because it is literally for everybody who hasn't been playing with it in the minor leagues, it's pretty much a brand new thing. Yeah. I th- I think they might add five more seconds or something. I, Call a uh, shot clock instead of the NBA shot clock. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Gallegos, I was watching one of his appearances and he went to cover third on a play and then had to get back to the mound. Like, and obviously he's a slow starter in general, a slow sure. worker. Um, and so like, he just didn't have enough t- time to really get a pitch off. And th- there've been situations where like a catcher's trying to call a time. I get, I love it. I think it's going to be a great thing for the sport. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, but I, I think it, there's, there's going to be an adjustment period. Hopefully it's all kind of figured out by the time camp breaks. Um, but I, I could see like, it's going to be annoying if like a real scoring chance gets eliminated because of or vice versa, you know, if, if it oh, comes yeah. into play and I, I think for the playoffs, I don't know, maybe baseball should just say, no, this is it. It's going to be this, this time. And you guys have to deal with it, but maybe for the playoffs, they add another 10 seconds. I don't know. Sure. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> I, I, had a, I had just a couple more uh, guys to maybe avoid that. I want to throw in um, 
Nestor Cortez, I, I just don't want to get in at that 2022 cost, you know, and be thinking that he can fully replicate that 244 ERA in 158 to third regular season innings last year. He has a really nice mix of pitches, um, but how many of them are like elite? Uh, the whole approach is just sort of tricky to 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 project. I, I think the ERA settles more into the mid threes, like three point five zero range, and and he would be very good at that number. But he's being selected as like a top twenty five starter in some drafts, and I don't know that the projection should call for him to be that. I, I see a little bit of regression going on there. Carlos Rodon, kind of in. It, you know, same boat moving from San Francisco to the Bronx on that big, what was it, $162 million deal yeah. with the Yankees. He had a 2.88 ERA and 178 innings last season with the Giants, 237 strikeouts. Got to love the potential for Ks, uh, but I think the ERA will just, you know, naturally kind of rise into the threes. We, we've seen it with Garrett Cole. I mean, he can still be a fantastic pitcher, especially with mm-hmm. those strikeouts, but. Um, now that he's making half his starts at, at Yankee Stadium and in the AL East, I would just I think there's going to be more runs on his ledger. Uh, Michael Waka, 3.32 ERA in 127 innings last season with the Red Sox, but he went unsigned until mid February. That kind of tells you, and the, the Padres offered the, such a weird contract. I still don't even really fully understand it. There's like a three year player option that has to be picked up altogether. Um, I, I think every front office was kind of aware that Waka is probably not going to be the top end starter that he was at times last year in Boston. And before that in St. Louis, the shoulder is still kind of a lingering thing on the back of your mind. He had thoracic outlet um, and he outperformed a lot of underlying metrics last year, very change up heavy, some risk of being like pushed into a swingman type role in San Diego too. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be locked into that like fifth spot in the rotation. Once Joe Musgrove comes back, um, it might feel good to like click Waka's name in the middle of a draft. Cause you see that 3.32 ERA or like toward the end of a draft, but sure it's going to rise. And I'm again, I'm not really sure about his role and the, the workload in general is just very hard to lay out. Yeah. I would agree with both of those guys Two two guys real quick that I want to profile. And then I think we can get going here. Sure. Um, Patrick Sandoval and Tony Gonsolin, both guys that mm. really, um, different ERAs than expected ERA, both close to one. I'm still probably targeting those guys just because I do believe in their stuff and I kind of like their situation. And that is especially true for one guy that I really wanted to talk about. I know a lot of people have put Alec Manoa on their fade list. I can't do it. I think Alec Manoa is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. I don't think he's ever going to be like a a strikeout, uh, like among the leaders or anything like that. But I think he misses enough bats he has such good command and he has such good poise on the mound yeah, as well. He's got that Just, dog in him, Chris. He's got that dog in him. He might have a few dogs in him to be completely <laughs> honest with you. But uh, I do believe that Alec Manoa is a legitimate fantasy ace. And my hot take, I suppose, is I will guess that Alec Manoa has a lower ERA than Dylan Cease. I'm into that. Totally. Yeah, thank you. I mean, M- M- Manoa can go out and win the Cy Young Award. He sure could. Yeah. Um, That'll be it for us. Thanks for tuning in to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Fantrax. Hopefully we gave a, a solid preview here of some names to watch in the for in the run prevention department. If not, yell at us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Chris is at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. That's right. Stay tuned for more episodes. We've got one every day of the week now. Peace out. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.